we said certain things are usher, which we're not, and we said certain things are mutter, which are usher. For other people, but we ourselves were makel to use the foods ourselves or whatever it was. And we ate without washing our hands. We ate from somebody's food and he didn't have enough to go around. And then he goes on in base, he goes into brachos, etc. But I just thought that, that it's interesting to note how he, how he put prominence in the area of eating especially about eating kosher, which is the number one thing that he felt we had to address ourselves to in the Ashamnu. The other thing that I wanted to mention tonight before we start is that Rabbi Goldstein put out a, a piece on schach infestation. So he was talking about this last year and actually probably a few years and it's didn't really buy his book, but I never took it seriously personally. I mean, I know that there are insects could be in these things, but I never thought in our bamboos, we had plain bamboo. I didn't realize it was an issue. Last year, I checked my bamboo, and sure enough, there were these tiny, tiny, tiny insects. They're, they're called uh, book lice, or there's another one that's called, I can't pronounce it, Lyctus, L-Y-C-T-U-S. In any event, these small, small insects are only a couple of millimeters long, but they're actually totally visible. So I tried it again this year. I took my, again, we put these away and we wrapped them specially over the winter. And what happened was we checked, checked it on a paper plate and we banged it. I think, uh, I think I told my son to bang it four times or five times. I don't remember how many times I told him to bang it. And sure enough, I checked the plate and there were these little things on there. And when I looked closely, they were moving. I didn't believe it when I first heard about this, all this stuff, but now I see that it's a very real issue. And I'm going to read a few points that he has in this. If you need me to uh, email you something before the yumptop, I could do that still. If you email me at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com, we'll email you the Schach Infestation Report. Again, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. So we know there are insects, we know the size. Now... It's, it's in both, it's in a few different things. There's fresh schach that people are using today, palm branches, they're in there, leafy tree branches, they're in there. That's like a new problem we're noting now. And then there's another one we have in the, uh, in the mats, and I use the, uh, the regular bamboos, the old bamboos, and we're finding them to, there too. So I'm going to give you a, a short version of what he says here. If insects are detected, now, somebody asked me, how many should he check? Listen, I would have checked them all if I could, but if somebody has, uh, someone called me up, he had uh, hundreds of these things, should, how many should he check? So he took a sample. We made up a number. He took a sample. I don't know if he found them. He didn't find, but you definitely should be checking them. And here's what he says in the, uh, the, the report. If insects are detected, if only a few insects are detected, it's sufficient just to shake the schach until no insects are found. But if many insects are found, then you have to spray the schach with an insect spray, raid, house, and garden bug killer, and uh, you seal it. He suggests to seal it in an airtight uh, thing in a plastic cover or a plastic tablecloth for about an hour, and then hopefully uh, it'll work if you, he suggests anyway, spraying it on both sides. Um, then he asks afterwards, you should rinse it in water, a stream of water, and then... Uh, 
that's not possible. You should clean it with a vacuum. Uh, and if there's a heavy infestation of what it's called lictus, it's recommended not to use the schach at all. So I can't answer the questions for you. And if you have a problem, you could try to reach me, but I don't expect I'll be able to help you. Uh, just make sure you do a very, very thorough job because here's the story. In Borough Park, the Baba Fareba was became concerned about this this year, and he went ahead and he told his chassidim, put up your schach, it was early, just to put it on to see what it's like and put the um, put a white tablecloth on your table and let's leave it there for 24 hours and then we'll see if there are bugs there. We'll see if they really are coming down. He himself did it in his own, for his own sukkah, and they checked two hours later, not, not 24 hours later, two hours later, and he found so many insects that he told everybody, you have to take this seriously. And there are signs up all over Borough Park. So I would suggest that everybody take this matter seriously, do the best that you can, and the Abishish should protect us that we don't have any problems. And now, without further ado, I want to welcome my guest again, Rabbi Moshe Wiener from the KIC, the Kashrus Information Center of Flatbush. Rabbi Wiener, it's a pleasure to have you again. We've been here a few times already, but this is a, every year. It's a new opportunity. Every time it's a new opportunity. Ein beis marriage below chiddush. We certainly go up and have a chiddush. And we have some chiddush for you tonight. I don't know if everybody's going to be happy with some of the chiddush, but they're very serious issues. Rabbi Wiener goes to the restaurants, the bakeries, the pizza stores, uh, caterers sometimes too, and he examines in the back room, not the front. Butcher not, stores. Yeah, butcher stores. Not the front area just to say hello, like a lot of people do. He goes in the back, he sees the product, he sees what goes on, he talks to everybody, and he's there long enough to get a feel, and he doesn't give any hashkochas. So therefore, when he comes in, it's they don't feel challenged. It's not, there's not the person that they're paying to give a certification. His sign is not out in the front of the window. And therefore, they feel Hamish. They're relaxed. And after a time, he's built up a relationship. And then he gets to see things that sometimes even the cautious agency representatives don't see. And uh, what kind of things do you find in some of these establishments? I'm not going to make this. I'm not going to say that our establishments are not good. But... In the course of the time, over the years, what kinds of things have you found that sometimes are wrong in some of the establishments? Well, basically, we do not give ashkocha. We do not set standards. The standards of every establishment is set by the ashkocha itself. For instance, if I know a ashkocha would use a certain brand of, of shkita and, and, and it would exclude a different brand of shkita, and I would find meat or poultry from this shkita, I reported to the Ashkaka immediately, and that happens. And and it happens many it happens many times. How many? How times? does it happen if they're giving the put, put it put it this way: nothing is perfect in this world. A person may order something from the wholesaler, and a wholesaler would uh, not have the certain item in hand at that moment. He would substitute the item, which means some order a say, let's say, a tongue from one shkita, and he's short of tongues. A behem only has one tongue, especially if uh, yontif time, before yontif time, and he may slip in one or two uh, tongues from a different shkita, 100% kosher, 100% kosher, could even be Bet Yosef also, but not of the brand of the, which is recommended by the hashkocha. So what, doesn't the hashkocha have somebody 
Well, ba- well basically, premises. before Yontif, before, uh, for instance, they, they may get in 20, 30 boxes of meat or chicken and so on uh, from the same wholesaler. Uh, basically, I mean, they uh, they don't inspect every single box. They expect, they inspect the bill of lading, whatever it is. They count the boxes and so on. And every single box, most in some cases, is not examined by the person who is ex- who is accepting the shipment. And I come in. I come in. I'm a, I was going to say I'm a yenta, but I come in. I, I look at things differently. And I take a look. I mean, I see, I know what the Ashgacha approves. And one or two boxes may be uh, catched immediately. One or two boxes may not be of the same shkita. And I report it to, to the Ashgacha. What does the Ashgacha do usually? Well, when they do, they call them up right away. I call the Ashgacha immediately. And they put it aside and they send it back. They send it back. But it, in other words, it, the person who checked it in wasn't aware of it? They're not aware of it. They, they know they deal one wholesaler, and the uh, wholesaler has uh, for many years doing the same wholesaler, but I, I even find in the same box, same box, say a box of tomato products. And a box of tomato products would be with a hamishaj gacha. So they have six uh, box of six. One or two may have uh, with the with the original uh, original ashgacha, not the hamishaj gacha. They uh-huh. come from pep, and they don't know. They don't open up every single box because they, they see what the box is. So they don't have an idea. They don't have an idea. would not have an I, idea. I, I, you've told me in the past that sometimes you'll go to an establishment. By the way, if anybody wants to call us, our telephone number here at the studio is 718-683-5858. If you want to talk to myself or Rabbi Wiener regarding the general hashkachas in Flatbush, we're not going to mention any names, no hashkachas, no restaurants, no facilities. We're talking about the general issue of kashas in our neighborhood in Flatbush, Brooklyn. And if you want to call us at 718-683-5858, we will put you right on the air. And if you want to text us, you can do that at 347-927-8398. We have a call already, but just in a minute we'll take that caller. Go ahead. So, Rabbi Wiener, uh, I remember talking to you, and you've told me that sometimes you would find a product that was dairy in a fleshic establishment, and it was a dairy or OUD, maybe even a regular, uh, maybe a regular establishment, but a place that was that's an OUD when it may not be called this real. Is that does that happen? It happened. It happened. In fact, uh, I went to a place and they had and they saw. I looked through it in the behind the counter and, and behind the counter in the refrigerator. I found a OUD. Uh, cream cheese, and I asked the uh, guy who's working over there, I said, uh, what's this doing over here? I said, Rabbi, it's OU, it's kosher. <laughs> I was bought, I was bought by mistake. But that was a dairy it establishment? Was, it was a parv. It was a parv establishment. A parv Did establishment. it have a mashkiach? No, put this way, the not many, not all places have mashkiachim. This is something uh, not only in Flappish, in Borough Park, other places, now they cannot afford, the establishments cannot afford mishkikim. And they rely on a so-called designated Shabbos who was in charge of the place. In that case, was it the owner or No, in that case, it was, it was the, in that case, they had, a, they had a mishkikim. They had, had designated a mishkikim with a mishkikim. It seems sometimes that the, uh, in fact, we had a case in Borough Park where uh, Place did not have a designated mashgiach a few years ago. Was someone bought uh, non-kosher hot dogs right, by mistake? Right. If 
affair, famous story right, happened right. that also. Yeah, but things uh, can, in, within a second, things can go wrong in a second. Well, let, let's go to that case you just mentioned now about that particular restaurant that you that you uh, saw the uh, OU uh, D uh, cheese. Now, in, in, in that particular situation, you said there was a mashkia. Yes. But mm-hmm. the mashkia had not checked it in? Had not checked it in, and uh-huh. subsequently reported to the Ashkosh, and the was fired. Well, that's that's appropriate. But uh, obviously, uh, that that's a breakdown in the Ashkosh system. Well, put it this way, as far as the Meshkikim are concerned, I always felt, and I spoke about the, uh, on the radio also a few times, that the Meshkikim are not well-trained enough to run, to know what's going on at all times in any given establishment. Some places may have a mishgiach, which would only check vegetables. It'd be downstairs in the basement, four or five hours a day, two three hours a day, and that's it. And the rest of the time, there's no ashgiach at all. And we say there's a mishgiach on the premises. Um, there's a well, mishgiach. And, and, but he's not and, doing the work. He's not. And again. And we have a mishgiach who's a working mishgiach. He's and not then, available then to that. Um, or else a working mishgiach. Things right. get busy and so on. I mean, uh, people put it this way, the... Uh, Owner of an establishment would not want to have someone sitting behind on a chair looking, sitting, twiddling his thumbs or doing nothing. Not even one wouldn't want them to even look in a safer. Right. You have to have eyes open. Go him in and go him working in a kitchen. You have to have eyes back of your head, side of your head, behind your head. You don't know what can happen at any given moment. That's right. That's right. That's right. And if a good a good mishgiach, a good mishgiach who has a rapport with the workers, gets along with the workers. And make sure, in a nice way, they follow the rules: not to touch the fires, not to make it bigger, not to make it smaller, and not to bring in anything which is has to be checked from here. Even they go out to buy some carrots, or potatoes, or onions, or eggs. He has to sh- open the bags, make sure what is in the bags he brings in. Right. We're gonna take our caller, first caller. No, not they're not calling us. Okay. Uh, if you want to call us, you can at seven one eight six eight three. 5858 to speak to myself or to Rabbi Moshe Wiener from the KIC. Or you could text us into us at 347 927 8398. Until we hear from anybody else, we're going to continue our, our discussion, which is very interesting. Rabbi Wiener, I want to go a little further into this topic. You mentioned that, uh, that the Mashkiach uh, isn't always trained. I've run across, and I don't know what your experience has been, I've run across a number of times where a mashkiach was hired, but not by the rabbi. That's true. And yes. the, the mashkiach was, the rabbi did not even know that the mashkiach was working for him. I remember one case in particular where they had fired this man as a mashkiach, and he ended up working for them again, unbeknownst to the rabbi on charge of the Ashkocha, and he was getting regular paychecks. They just didn't, get around to finding out that he was working for them again. And when they discovered it, it was a little too late. A lot of issues occurred. It was really a pathetic situation. Another rabbi, uh, you know the gentleman as well. It's an interesting story. I'm not going to tell you on the radio now who it was, but the, uh, the somebody we know had worked for Hashkoch in this general area, and the rabbi didn't know that he was working for him at all. And uh, he he wouldn't have hired him. He knows he wouldn't have hired him, and he didn't think very much of this fellow, but he got the job, and we've seen again and again and again. It, it's, it is amazing 
that, I mean, you can have high-quality people in Ashkocha, high-quality mashkichim, people who are moist and nefesh, and who know and who care and who take it very, very seriously. And my friend Mordechai Shane is, is a classic example of somebody who, who really is on top of his game. But there's plenty of people on top of the game. Moshe Perlmutter, people that top names that, 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 that you could just trust them because you know how dedicated they are and how much they know. But there are other people that should never have gotten into the game. It's true because they do not pay the Meshkichim on a, on a normal living scale. What kind of salary could they be getting here in Flatbush? Meshkichim would start at the, uh, maybe 8 to $10 an hour. That, that could be a salary. Salary, yes. Eight to Eight ten thousand. No benefits. No, whatsoever. no benefits whatsoever. No guarantees. Some go up to twelve dollars an hour. Again, fifteen dollars an hour. But this is the range of the. Although, uh, if you, yeah, if you happen to get a job with the National Hashgacha, let's say the OU, I believe it's nineteen twenty dollars an hour. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. and uh, the OU, for example, we were talking before about how often somebody is there, how much Hashgacha is on the premises with the OU. But you'll have to have a mashkir to me to open and close the facility and be there the entire time. Yes, he could true. be working mm-hmm. mashkir, mm-hmm. but he has to be able to see what's going on. That's true. And there's mm-hmm. a very, very tight control on that. Yes. I remember one particular place that I observed, a restaurant in Brooklyn, that the mashkir, uh was a young fellow who was working in Ashkocha for one month, who just got the job. He was a very young fellow, and he was the mashkir for the OU. And the owner of the establishment is somebody that's been in the food business, the kosher food business, for many, many years. But he couldn't, in this very small facility, he could not do a thing in his establishment. He could get in, but he couldn't do anything in the kitchen. He could not prepare any food whatsoever. Nothing at all could happen unless the mashkiach showed up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So share with us some of the other, some of the other experiences you've had in, the, in this area. Well, but, for being of a mashkiach, I want uh, a restaurant... I walked in, I see a new mashgiach. Right. And I asked, what are your functions over here? He said, the function is that the, uh, to put on the fires, open the doors, put on the fires, they check the vegetables. And I asked, how did you know who trained you to check the vegetables? Right. He said, he saw his mother. He saw his mother do it. In the, as an Israeli, he saw him, her mother did it, did it at home. How much did mother do at home? One or two heads uh, every other day. Right. He had to do uh, a few boxes a day. Then they, they uh, what the system? Well, you know, what's my, then he asked him, that, then, then uh, he asked me, why does he have to control the fires? He hmm. did not know, he's 23 years old, learned in yeshivas, he did not know the first thing of Bishlakam, the local hmm. Bishlakam. I mean, he had and he was the mashkir. And he was the mashkir. Then I asked him, as I mentioned before, did you meet the rabbi? He didn't meet the rabbi yet. He worked quite a few days until until he until he met until he met the rabbi. Hmm. This is a situation where uh, some places where the uh, rabbi would interview uh, the amemishgiach uh, would accept him and not accept him, whatever the case is, or sometimes the uh, owner would have somebody who uh, some protection friend or relative so needs a job, so needs a job, and he may be uh, about hockey, whatever it is, make his may, may speak may speak. Uh, Hebrew may wear a yarmulke, may have a payas, whatever it is, but he knows nothing about a locker. Right. What the locker in the kitchen, what to look for, what not to look for. The questions I see by the questions, Mishkir can ask me, that didn't mean that uh, I have to 
there's no, no training. What goes on uh, in a chalet, what goes on in a kitchen. What I happens? mean, we know, we're talking about mashkichim who are working in our facilities here in Flappish who are not fully trained. Not all of them, I'm saying some yeah, of them. Some, some. And we're talking about a number of mix-ups or products that entered into the establishment that are not uh, approved by the Hashgacha. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're finding this on some kind of irregular basis, but we are mm-hmm. finding these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have listeners to this radio show now, and they're probably all saying, what do you want me to do? There's no way in the world that I can meet the Mashkiach, meet the Rav HaMachshir, find out if the Mashkiach knows enough to, to be able to, I got to decide if the Mashkiach knows enough to be a Mashkiach. I have to decide whether the Hashgacha is doing a decent job. How in the world could we, as normal from kosher consumers, how can we approach this topic? Now, if you go to an establishment that's under a mashkiach, to me, it was well-trained, well-paid, you know, it seems to be on top of his game, and it seems to be, you know, we, we could, you can get the feel, and people will talk about it. Okay, so we can establish, we can get some list of establishments like that. But we live here in Flatbush. There isn't a mashkiach to me in most of these, many of the establishments. Even when uh, a fleshic establishment is not necessarily Tamidi, a lot of times they go with, uh, uh, with the designated Shomer Shabbos, which could be the owner, so that actually the owner could be the mashkiach. We had one of our rabbis last week talk about it here on the radio show, on, on, on J-Root. He talked about how you could have a designated Shomer Shabbos owner who is knowledgeable and interested, etc., and that they would be acceptable to them for certain facilities. Of course, there are other additional visitations, but it would be the level of visitation as opposed to a mashkiach tamidi. So we don't. We, this is our system here. How could we, as consumers, eat? How can we buy? Put, put, put it this way: the hashgach um, and the flabush are very good. The main hashgach and flabush. I work with different, uh, at least twenty different hashgachas. All hashgachas, most hashgachas in flabush. And, mo- and all the national Ashgachas I work with. And basically, in Flatbush, we have a very good system in Flatbush. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. They're trying their best. But the question is the quality of the Meshgichim, and the qu- qu- you have to pay more to get a qualified Meshgich, and the Meshgichim should be trained. Not only that, we had a historic meeting, I think 2004-2005, at Scandal of Flatbush, on a meat store in Flatbush. We had a, a meeting, about 60-some-odd Ashkakas uh, came at the meeting. And one Rabbanim, one leading Rabbanim in Flatbush came up with a proposal that a special committee in Flatbush should be set up to interview potential owners of establishments. I remember. And something like that, which in means... In other words, we shouldn't give Ashkakas to everybody. Which means we should not give Ashkakas to everybody. Now put, put it this way, a person may bring, may bring a letter from a rabbi, one or two, two letters from rabbis, whatever it is, stating that it is Shemeshavis, whatever it is. In fact, I know a story. I one owner of the store, a good guy, I met um, He showed me a letter from a rabbi who gave it to him. I told him, what are you making Hesper on you for? He's <laughs> <laughs> making Hesper on you. It's not you. Between you right. is not you. Again, on, on the other hand, put it this way: it's the the monist that in the monist of the owners, a person has to feel comfortable with the owner. 
So I could, how, I, let's say I want to do this. I want to go into an establishment and I want to make a decision there on the spot, on some level, if I'm confident to eat there, what could I do? Well, first of all, you want to, sp you want to speak to the owner. Right. A lot of places, the owner is not there during the day. Right. They come in a few hours at night. Had different businesses during the day they may come in at night. They may own more than one restaurant. Well, no, no. Well, <laughs> We've had people had, here had, three had, restaurants. Yeah. They may have other businesses also. And then who was in charge? Who was in charge of the store, of the establishment? You feel, you get the feeling of a person. You see till you speak to him. You see his demeanor. You see what, who he is, what he is. Then you ask him, do you have Mishkiach? How is, how is the kitchen being controlled? Who puts on the fires? Who checks in the shipments? How are, how are shipments being checked in? In fact, I have a story, I tell a story on Ave Coney on the Avenue. We walked by one of the stores Coney on the Avenue. A um, shipment was dropped off by a national uh, shkita. And I take a look. I start kind of looking at the boxes and so on. And a young young fellow, and it wasn't the regular mishkiach of this place, and uh, I said, do you know how to check it in? He says, no. Does not know how to check it in. Let me show you. Sure, check it. So we go through the bill of lading, go through the boxes. I take a look. There's a mistake between the boxes. One box says turkey, box says beef. Same numbers on it. Mm. Well, now, what's going on? The same weight, same weight, the weight was good, but the different, la different labeling, turkey and beef. He's a truck driver. What's going on over here? Is it turkey or is it, or, or is it beef? So I don't know. They, they give me and they give me to me in, in, in a company. I don't know. Oh, he doesn't know. I call the Dutch I mean, you have to know what 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 what, what is it? What is it? Is it beef or turkey? Dif difference in prices also. Turkey is much cheaper than beef. And if they're charging you, if they're charging you for beef and 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 it's turkey, you're paying like a lot. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. Also, if you find they're charging you, they're charging you for for beef a turkey price. You have to show us the So I explained to him the mishgiach. I mean, uh, and uh, he didn't know what was going on. Mishgiach wasn't in that day, one reason or another. He was sick or whatever it is. And the I called the mishgiach. Any time when shipments come in, it should be some responsible to check in the shipments. Right. Like, like I mentioned before, they may send in from different shkita. So if, if the, the main thing is that we have to make some kind of determination by talking to the owner or maybe a representative of the owner to understand whether this establishment is taking the whole matter seriously from their, side, from their side as opposed to the mashkia. Or That's if right. you can find the mashkia, mm -hmm. to interview him briefly. That's right. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. a long operation. No. If you see a degree of... Uh, Awareness, sincerity, uh, responsibility, of a responsibility of for all these things. Yes. Then, then you get a sense that you would eat from this person's. If he offered you food in his house, yeah. if mm -hmm. he offered you something in a package, a sandwich or whatever it is, you would eat it. Then you could eat there, hundred percent. Yes. But it has to be that he's intelligent enough and committed enough and and sincere enough to take this whole matter seriously. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can meet a, an owner and he's so uh, so gruff and so pushes you aside so quickly 
that you wonder if he's taking the whole matter seriously. That's true. The consumer has to feel comfortable. Right. A, a, a serious person will take your inquiries seriously. Yes. They don't get that many inquiries, and if you're asking them sincerely, they will answer you sincerely. Yes. You're, you're, you're their business, and, and, and they have to satisfy you. But, uh, I, you know, again, we're not going to be able to, to train everybody listening to the show in exactly what to ask. You have to get a sense. We talk about it in our magazine. You mentioned a few ideas tonight. Last week we had a few other ideas that uh, that Rabbi Goldberg gave us, Mary Mayor Goldberg gave us last week. Some things that we could do, we could ask when we go to an establishment. It isn't important to have twenty-point checklist. It's important to feel the person out, to mm-hmm. see you ask an intelligent question and see how they deal with it. It doesn't take too many questions to get a feel about the person. Now, again, could be wrong, could fool you, fine. But we can't, that we're not malachim. Well, this, so we're not, we're not malachim. Right. And there is hashkoch on the store. That's right. Yes. But, but when we realize that the mashkiach may be underpaid, may not be prepared, may not have been hired by the rov, and when, when we realize that the owner may, may not be a full Shomer Shabbos with all of the trimmings, so then when we realize that, then we do have our own due diligence to some extent just to clear it, that we're dealing See, with See, the word stuff. is Shema Shabbos. So may say Shema Shabbos. I mean, basically in America, the five-day work week. Shema Shabbos is, has been years ago Shema Shabbos with a firm person to ex- exclude those who are not Shema Shabbos. Now yeah. you have to be Shema Torah Mitzvahs. Right. This is, this is Shema Torah Mitzvahs, 100%. A, 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 new, all a new world. And it's new, a new world completely. New world completely. I know, I know cases where I say, uh, where a caterer, Shem Shabbos Kavit or someone didn't work on Shabbos. She used to work on and Shabbos. She used to watch television at home in Shabbos. Wow. Till it was found out. I mean, basically, so uh, we trust her in the kitchen. If after you found out, that your luck was taken away. And with letters from the shul, letters from rabbis and so on, things like that, we don't know what's, uh, what's doing in other people's homes. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but you yeah. know what? It's it's amazing that we found ourselves. Uh, I I found an ad on Abdul Rahim Shomer Shabbos on uh, you know on the newspaper. You know, is is a Pakistani uh, worker that had an, on a construction, but it was a sh- uh, uh, written over there Shomer Shabbos. Also, wow. it's very it's very easy to to write this. Uh, even we see a lot of signs in the street Shomer Shabbat and Shomer Shabbos. And I myself had an incident, uh, and I, I reported to the one of the kashrut about. They went to a restaurant with a group of people that uh, we figured this is a really uh, with a very very strict, uh, you know, echsher over there. And I found myself that basically I didn't see any Jews over there. Uh, I was stunned. Is that true? And uh, is somebody care? I don't know. I, I, I'm. I don't see that many people, uh, they're going to the restaurant checking uh, all this nine yards. No, again, again, we can't expect listeners to this show, we can't expect anybody to prepare for a tough, giving a tough exam to the rabbi, to the mashkiach, to the owner. It's just not going to happen. But to just find out a few good key questions, because when you ask a good question, the person changes his whole attitude. They know that you 
and they think you know something. But no, and they, 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 and they, they know, know you're that you're seriously. serious. You're taking seriously. And your they know work that also eating. they're on the line. Right. They know that if you're not satisfied, it's going to hurt them, and they're going to take this matter very seriously. I know. I also mentioned on this show a few times that if anybody wants to in our establishments here in Flappish, especially if you want to be a little more secure about the Bishalakim story, so you can say to the Mashkiach, you would like Bishal Yisrael for the Svardim. Right. Even though you don't mm-hmm. have to say you're a Svardim, even if you're not, you could just say, I we want Bishal Yisrael. We call it Shemeshavah Bishal. Shemeshavah Bishal. And the Mashkiach will put If, if they have a Mashkiach, if not the owner or the or somebody or the who, who you ask designated will do it. Designated will put the food on the fire for you. And they're not going to ask whether you're a Svardim, where you come from. They don't no. care. And you'll be able to then be much more safe in terms of the Bishalakim, which is one of the big questions that comes up in all of these establishments all the time, the issue of Bishalakim. So that's a, that's a good method to help you out. I'm just going to take one minute to say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, located at 1205 Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. Uh, and at Glotmart, convenience comes in two packages, parking and time. You'll save plenty of time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance, and they'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with those, all those special items you purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatikashos of Flatbush, with Base Yosef Meats and with expert Nikor at Glotmart, you are getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your, top, I mean, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J-Root Radio. And we're going back now to our special guest tonight. This is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashras Magazine. And my special guest tonight on Kashras on the Air is Rabbi Moshe Wiener, who is uh, the head of the KIC, or works for the KIC, and visits the different establishments in Flatbush. At one time, we also had the KIS in in Borough Park, but right now it's just the KIC in Flatbush, and he reports back to the different Rabbanim in our neighborhood. But you can avail yourself of his services. There's no charge for it. You can write down this number. It'll be very helpful. Jot it down. 718-375-0505. That's Rabbi Wiener's number. And if you have a question about an establishment, he could direct you in, and tell you whether uh, they're using X, Y, or Z, and whether or not, um, if you have a specific idea of what you're looking for, he could tell you whether that fits the mold or not, whether that's something that you would be concerned about or not, give you a little bit of a feeling of the Flatbush uh, stores in particular. So that number, jot it down, for Rabbi Moshe Wiener is 718 375 0505 And now we're going to go back to our interview with Rabbi Wiener. But if you'd like to call in, we're available here in the studio at 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. Or you could text any questions you have to 347-927-8398. Again, Three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. If nobody calls us, I assume everybody's building the sukkah, 
and I, I remember Wiener, we had an uh, one time I had one, one person spoke to me, and I and it's something about the show, and uh, he said to me he, he can't listen to it live because uh, he's uh, he's driving at that time, and uh, he turns the, he turns on his, his telephone, they listen to me. He says he wants only to listen on Sunday, because on Sunday he can write down information that he's heard on the show. It's if he's whizzing by and something is said That's and true. he can't find it. So he's, he's very frustrated. So he actually listens on Sunday to the show. We have Baruch Hashem, many people who listen to our show archive. But if anybody's there who wants to call in now, our number here in the studio is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Now, Rabbi Wiener, uh, you've been telling us a little bit about the, uh, the different hashkachas. Can you tell us a little bit about what goes on in the bakeries? Um, are we have a, do we have a, a total control on the Parva dairy situation? And I know that out of town, such as in Baltimore or Chicago, certainly in Baltimore, there's no such thing as buying a, a, a cheese Danish in a Parva bakery. You could not find, in, a, in, in a, all of Baltimore, you cannot find a Milchika product in a Parva bakery. But we seem to have plenty of Milchika products I'm sure it's and every week and every day in our in our bakeries. Mm-hmm. Are we getting real parva for a parva? Well, basically, yes. Basically, if the bakery has a good ashkocha, most bakeries have more than one ashkocha in, in our community. And basically, they have the system they have it. They have either a designated oven for the milchiks or they have the same oven so bake the less baking at night with bin milchiks. And overnight, that could warm it up or burn it out overnight and make on a, on a power of production. We had a bakery which uh, had problems with the uh, power of uh, power of anamilchics, and uh, when they obtained a new hashgacha, they only had only parav. Mm-hmm. They insisted only have parav. But basically, if it's a good hashgacha and a you can rely upon it that they have uh, different times or different ovens at different times where they make the uh, production, cheesecakes, danishes, and so on. Uh, also, uh, one, I remember from the old days, I used to have somebody who came to my shear, talking about a few years ago, <laughs> used to come to my shear, and I gave the shear at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, a dafyomi, and he would come there after he had his breakfast because he was up all okay. night at the Baker. bakery. And he was uh, doing something there. I forgot exactly what he did. And uh, then he would go at the wee hours of the morning. He'd come in and flop down and go to sleep. I probably don't. Daven, he would daven chakras before he went to sleep, like we daven marv. He would daven chakras before he went to sleep. And he'd wake up about three o'clock or something, have a breakfast, and probably catch a mincha or whatever. Or he could daven afterwards and come to my daf yomi. So you know, I know that such a thing exists, but I also remember that a number of people had problems over the years where. At the wee hours of the morning, in many of these bakeries, there's no yid. Is that the situation today, or no? Basically, 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 we have very few bakeries in Flatbush. You count them on your hand. Uh, basically, all the shemeshavas on premises when they do the uh, bake, who opens up and so on. The baking have flushes kala, things like that. Well, I've I've come across in Williamsburg, Williamsburg, that somebody. A non-Jewish fellow um, was running after a yid. Can you please turn on the fire for me? 
Well, yes, we have the problem of Borough Park also. Because the they, they leave it up also. to the non-Jew to right, find that, the Jew. That's right. They turn the that, fire on right. to make it be Fox's This is a problem of the Ashkocha. Right. Who the Ashkocha is. If it's Ashkocha and the, the, the bakers in Borough Park, which they have game working there in the morning and so on until the yid comes in or whatever it is, and they, uh, they, 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 they have carers with a, a so-called national Hasidish Ashkocha. Mm-hmm. And this about in Flatbush, we don't have the problem in Flatbush. Another thing that was we mentioned on the radio show even last week, I believe, or was another week, I don't know, I, I lose track of which week we said what, but we talked about the phenomenon of the non-Shomer Shabbos food uh, eatery, such as uh, a Dunkin' Donuts or a Chock Full of Nuts or uh, whatever it is. I don't remember the names of all the companies mm-hmm. that, these, where some people... Like to go to Baskin Robbins, this and that. These are stores that are open up for the non-Jewish clientele all the time, and they also happen to be kosher certified by a rabbi. And is this of the standard similar to what we have in our restaurants, or is there a is that not everyone would do it? How do you approach that one? Well, put it this way: the uh, Dunkin' Donuts, basically the rabbanim of the community have publicly, from the pulpit, stated that people should not frequent these establishments. Really? Yes. I didn't even know this. Yes. Because due to the fact, especially for the Svadim, that uh, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, all the don- donuts are fried. Right. According to Maran Bez Yosef, the think of fried, the bushel akum, number right. one. Secondly, all Dunkin' Donuts are milchiks, the Nachal of Israel. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, Thirdly, they're open 24-7. And there's no Ashgacha. Ashgacha may come in once a week, twice a week, whatever it is. But you're relying on Goyim. They, they mentioned on the Think of the Radio uh, sometime before that they found that someone bought Kentucky Fried Chicken and brought him and warmed it up in the on the microwave for the place over there. Right. The place which has no Ashgacha, no Ashgacha at all, no Ashgacha tomatoes, run by Goyim, Questionable are the greens itself if it's personal nizr and kashas. The nizr and bishl Israel, pash Israel, chav Israel. I mean, he has no uh, reason for eating uh, in Dunkin' Donuts, except I tell you, if you will need one black coffee, you get the coffee with water. Even the chav Israel, some stores, Dunkin' Donuts mention that they have chav Israel available, but once it's uh, the bottle's opened, uh, bottle's open. It's not it's in the Salman Ayan. We can't trust him that that cover sauce is in is in that bottle. Right. I, I mentioned. So we cannot we cannot I recommend me- Dunkin' Donuts. I mentioned on the radio that one of the Dunkin' Donuts that was under Hashkocha. I'm not going to tell you where it was, but uh, one of these, they found. I mean, somebody who was close with me found a non-kosher ice cream there. I mean, he eats in these establishments, but he found a non-kosher ice cream, even though it was a kosher certified store. And he's told them, and to their credit, I think they removed it, whether he told Ashkocha or the owner, mm-hmm. I don't know. He just emailed me a couple of times. It wasn't ice cream, it was a marshmallow flavor, certain, certain flavors of ice cream. Well, whatever it is, it, yeah. in, other words, these, yeah. in other words, without a mashkiach being on premise, if we right. saw even on the st- establishments or our regular mm-hmm. restaurants in the Flatbush, where they don't have a mashkiach, to me, the, they're relying on the Shomer Shabbos owner, and he may not be there all the time, and there's so much leniency anyway in our system here in Flatbush. Add to that, where there's no mashkiach present whatsoever, 
And by the way, just, I don't want to correct you, Wiener, but I happen to know because the fellow who uh, who does check one of these places is, is, is very close with me, and he told me that they went to the, they used to go to, when he was working for them, he's not working with them anymore, he said, when we used to go there, we used to go every two weeks to check, and there's one, one Dunkin' Donut, they only go once a month, <laughs> once a month to check on that establishment, and the reason why, the owner won't let them in more than once a well, month. this is check. the situation. So and in the case can't... that we had, which I was told by this, a scary story, the man came to the store, wanted to go in the, hush, the Hashkiach. He said, no, they were here already this month. Can't come in now. <laughs> so what well, the, this who's, is watching well, this who's watching the Hashkiach? Who's watching the Who's watching the Hashkiach? That's true. It's, That's it's, true. A, it's a very, very, very strong uh, yeah, yeah. challenge to the uh, true. integrity mm-hmm. of, that, uh, that, yeah. of that situation. Now, but that, these are things that our, our people are not familiar with. They, they, they somehow think that all Hashkiach are the same stripes. They sort of think that everything is exactly well. According the same. to when they had New York State, when they had the uh, was at work in New York State inspector had the law that any rabbi, quote any rabbi any of uh, any denomination, reform, conservative, reconstructionist, or rebels or whatever it is, any so-called R A B B I could give certification. That's what right. that's a, right. a, does not have to be any orthodox kosher certification. Right. Right. So basically now we have, you know, there's nothing not, not in existence right now. There is, on a paper, you have the New York State Coach Enforcement, the only well, the one person. the law today is only that you have to register, register the a kosher establishment and mention the name of the rabbi or whatever it is yeah, that it has, certifies has, you. There's no, no teeth at all. This is, this is a very, very big, uh, very big uh, challenge against Claude Israel that they veto, they stop using the... the Law enforcement of the kosher enforcement agency, only for seven hundred thousand dollars a year. So and I offered to raise the money. Hmm? I offered the money again, but there was not the Mrs. Sutton. I spoke about it in public. Mrs. Sutton, that the Sutton does not want people to have eat kosher. Not only that, but this is something which you don't know what kind but of. We, we as a Jewish community did not do a thing. To I'm we afford- we are we are sitting. In our place, we're sitting here in Flatbush and Borough Park and Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and we don't care what's going outside outside New York City right. limits, outside New York State, at New York State, Long Island, upstate. We don't know what bonus is going on in Cashers. Right. And we, we had the opportunity to fight for the rights of the kosher consumer, and nobody came to the plate. I wrote about it again we and again. We, and we again. wrote about it. I we spoke about it in public. We, we sent we letters constantly letters to the governor. Whatever it is, basically. And it, no, was, there was no community support. Put it this way. The, this, the community is set to say with the politicians and so on, what are the, the priorities in the community? Right. The first priority is cashers. If you have, don't have cashers, you have Tim to Malave. The right. heart gets clogged up. Nothing goes in. So right. basically, so and uh, we have we are, we are chareiv other Jews also not only in our old in our old neighborhoods Brooklyn Borough Park, Williamsburg, so on, but basically we have to worry about the Jews out of the New York City area. Right. What's going on upstate in Long Island? Is, is a in other words, we as a community should have taken more interest in the non-observant because the majority of the work of the kosher law enforcement bureau. Yeah. Was for the non-observant not, people. At least, they, know, at least it's kosher. It would not in the main not have been glad kosher or Yisrael. At least 
basic kosher. Right. And, you know, we had a, a situation now, I saw it in some of the states, it's unbelievable, that they, you know, the, remember this thing where they had um, the, uh, the supermarket chains claiming that we have Passover foods for yeah, you that are not yeah. kosher? Not kosher, Passover, kosher stuff. But they could say Passover, kosher, they could kosher, say, kosher 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 we yes. found where people, where some, some of these establishments are saying kosher, not kosher style, hmm. are kosher menu. Kosher and, menu. And, and they mean kosher style. That's right. And nobody is stopping them. So right. this is a little bit, we're all a little bit responsible for the fact that mm-hmm. nothing has been done to preserve kashras for the majority of people. We mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned on the show last week or not, but something interesting crossed my desk, and that was that the, the, uh, that the, in the last, I think I mentioned here, that the, in the last few years, yes, I mentioned here last week, that in the last few years, they've discovered that the young people are starting to come back to kosher. Yeah. And that, because of tradition and, and, and whatever it is, they're trying to grab a hold of some Yiddishkeit. You know, by the people who drifted away. So there are, there is a, there is a, there is a, a group to work with. It's not where everybody is casting away the, uh, the, the old style tradition of kosher. There are some young people who are not from, from, from homes who are, are making their way back, some through Kirov organizations like NCSY and uh, other outreach groups, Lubavitch and other outreach groups, or even, the, even just people who are looking for something more traditional. There are people who are grabbing a hold, and it would behoove us as a Jewish community to address these needs Unfortunately, it hasn't been the priority, and we get to we get stuck in this idea of what's good for me, rather than what's needed for for, for Claudius. That's right. That's true. That's hundred percent, hundred percent true. So, we, in the few minutes that we have left, Rabbi Wiener, you want to maybe zero in on a couple of things that you would want the kosher consumer to know. Um, what things do you think we should be working on? What things you what suggestion would you have for us? Well, basically. What, what we have to work on ourselves. This is a time of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur and, and Shana Rabbis coming on. We have to look into ourselves. That we say in Krishna, we have to be holy. We have to be holy to, to Hashem. No. Have to be a holy person. Which no. means in America, Baruch Hashem, the Jewish community is affluent, not the ones in small shtetl in Europe and so on. We have too much of the, as you call the uh, luxus, too much of the gashmius, too much of the gashmius. And when a person, in fact, one of the reasons for us should bring down on Erev Yom Kippur, why do we eat excessively in Erev Yom Kippur? In Yom Kippur, we have to fast, because Chazal tell us a person eats an Erev Yom Kippur as if he fasts two days. Right. Ninth day and tenth day. Before I should bring down that a person is composed of, of a goof and a neshama. A goof and a neshama. So we, uh, food, gashmius, gashmius, is not, affects the neshama. Neshama cannot stay gashmius. On the other hand, a gashmi can't, can't stand ruchnius. So we take it on, we eat on, we, we eat on 
Erev Rosh Hashanah, the Inui for the Neshama. And we fast on Yom Kippur, the Inui for the Guf. So basically, this is a, a person know that the that person, the Gedoshim Tiyu, that you have to be holy. What does Abishta want from you? He wants for you to be a holy person, not to go, and of course, it's out there. We have to have it. Right. All, kind, all, kind of, all kind of these things you go to, you go to a kosher fest, so we call it a kosher fest. Thousands of items, thousands of items, and more and more every year, more and more every year, more and more and more for a kosher consumer. Uh, kosher, try this, try this, try this. Abish does not want this from you. He wants to be, be a holy person. Don't run after the Gashmis, run after, run, run after the Ruchnias. The person is the Ruchni, person knows what he's eating, what he's eating for. Is it living to eat or, eat or eating to live? Right. So basically, this is a person, if it had a drive, the drive for Ruchnias to be an Ever Hashem, he'd be careful what he eats. He won't want to eat everything which is out there. Beautiful. And yeah. basically, this is, this is the, uh, the essence. The more, the more, and years ago, how many restaurants did we have years ago? Yeah. Count the one or two. Right. But Pesach products, no, forget about it. They want to have. They want to have every choice of every country that's food. Um, we have a call. Let's let's yeah. take the caller. Yeah. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir Sandia. Can we help you? Yes, yeah, so I'd like to know about the, the problem with the schachy earlier. Um, is it, it, was, it was just new schachy buyers or schach and storage? Uh, I, unfortunately, I can tell you schach and storage for sure. And uh, it's, not, it's not a new problem. It's a really probably been around a while, but uh, yes, whatever kind of stock you have, you should take a look at this list here. Um, basically, we're talking about the fresh green schach, which is like palm branches or leafy tree branches. We're talking about the mats, and we're talking about the regular old-style uh, bamboo sticks, which is what I use, and uh, you're going to find them. I mean, they're very tiny, but if you bang this thing on the... Uh, just bang it onto a plate or piece of paper or anything that looks white and look at it closely, you'll see them moving. And, and let's say you do see them, what do you do? So then you have a you whole the whole procedure here. I'm not going to read it again. You can email me at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com and I will email mm-hmm. it to you. Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Just say schach, however you want to spell it and I will email it to you. Uh, tonight or tomorrow morning. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you very thank much, Yisrael. Thank you. Rabbi Wiener, what else, do you want, what else would you like to share so, with so us? So basically, this is a person's attitude towards kashras. Yeah. This, according to what, what do you want? What are you, what is Tafka, the person in this world? To eat everything which is out there and have problems or to be over Hashem? So if a person would, would have the attitude that I'm eating to serve Hashem, I'm living to serve Hashem, I'm eating to serve Hashem, I'm not living to eat, the whole attitude would change. It's absolutely true. You know, Rabbi Wiener, one of the things that bothers me is that people say to me, Rabbi Wickler, look how many things are becoming awesome. And I answer them, it's maybe true. Maybe a lot of things that we were used to became awesome or at least they were careful about it, or we check, or we buy only special ones. You're right. It is becoming a little more limiting. But look how many foods we have out there. 
When I was a kid growing up, I remember that certain kinds of foods were only available, fruits and vegetables, fruits were only available in the summertime and special times of the year. Only for a short, brief time they had this, this was available. So it was a rare item, and we had, we had it once or twice a year or five times a year. We didn't have a lot every day. And now you go to the store, they don't have it. I got to go to another store. I need a bigger store because they're going to have everything. So we, we got so spoiled. I, mean, I see the way the notch is going. The notch is unreal. When I was, when I was a kid, we were very, they were very limiting, my parents. When I raised my kids, we were, very, we were pretty limiting. Maybe not as bad as my parents, maybe whatever. The kids now, they are notched up to the, the hilt. They're eating junk food all day long. There's uh, kids I see in school, they come in three notches a day. They have a notch in the morning, they have a, in a recess, they have a notch in the afternoon, they have a notch after, after, after lunch. They're unbelievable how much we're stuffing into them. And we don't understand that this is us. That's it's right. not them, because they don't know anything about Nash only when we know it. Right. We're the ones That's who true. gave it to them. Mm-hmm. We're the one used to be, you said, on Shabbos. It's a treat. We'll have it on Shabbos. We had a lady on the show two weeks ago, and she said, you know, if you, you, you had one Nash, so that's going to be your Nash. You have a choice, this or that. But you can't just have whatever you want, and you can't have endless amounts. This kind of limitation has to be given to the young people, and we as adults have to set the example. That's right. So I want to thank everybody for joining us, Rabbi Wiener, for coming again. Thank you for having having me again over here. We wish everyone a Gemara Kasimatova good acquittal. Unless here you shoes and go and go from Amen. I wish everyone a beautiful Yomtov and a Piskatova, and hope to help you join us again right after Yomtov.